Welcome back in to Ride with the Tide, everybody. I'm Austin Randolph here with my co-host, Ethan Haynes. Ethan, I'm not going to ask you how you're doing today. I know how you're doing. We're all doing terrible. Tough loss to Tennessee. Really just not a good performance all the way around from anything you can think of went wrong, went wrong. So that's all there really is to it. About to say, we'll get into what we thought about the Tennessee game and, and get some stuff off our chest. But I think I've spoken enough to start this episode off. Which let you take it and see whatever you got to say. Yeah, like you said, um, tough loss. Shouldn't have won the game, no matter how you look at it. And I think you hit it spot on. We're we're gonna go off our chest here, get what we want to get off, and uh, then we'll get into some questions that we had. And that'll pretty much be it for this episode. And I'll start us off with saying, yeah, we had 17 penalties, and obviously that hurts us, but we still lose that game without it. We we did not play good defensively. Offensively, I thought we played amazing. Um, we had a couple of miscues here and there, but for the most part, we played good offensively. But defensively, we played terrible. And the first thing I want to start out with was Pete Golding. Like, he's been outstanding for us this year up until this point. And I think the thing that surprised me the, the most was lack of adjustments. And I I didn't sleep last night. I don't know about you or any of the other listeners or fans we have Alabama. I stayed up. I watched the game another three times just to see, like, what happened and what could have been changed and what went wrong. And it, The adjustments on defense is just mind-blowing to me. Um, we ran a single high safety set for most of the game, and they beat us multiple times deep, just ran right by our guys, and I just I don't understand that. And We have Helms covering arguably their fastest receiver, one of the fastest guys in the SEC. When Helms is a box safety, he doesn't. He's not a coverage guy. We don't have coverage safeties anymore besides Brian Branch, but he's pretty much a corner that can play safety, honestly. And I just I don't understand what happened with Pete Golding. Why we didn't make adjustments, keep everyone up top. It's just I don't I don't know what we did, and I don't know if you have any input on that you'd like to say. But I just it was really disappointing to me. Yeah, like I you I think you hit the nail on the head there. Pete Golding. I mean his first couple of years. What was his first year coordinator? Two thousand eighteen or. Yeah. or I think it was 19, actually. 19, yeah. Uh, I'm throwing that completely out of the picture here because we had we played two freshman linebackers yeah. that really shouldn't have been playing until their junior year, probably. And then four freshman defensive linemen were rotating them. I mean, it was just very, very young defense, inexperienced, and it just wasn't a good good defense. These last couple of years, even 2020 was a solid defense. 21 and, 20, 21 and 22 so far – have, the defenses have been really good. Yeah. Pete Golding has been really, really, really good. Yeah. And yesterday was just not good. There was just oh. no adjustments made at all. Uh, halftime, halftime happened, and I was like, all right, maybe we'll be able to make some adjustments at halftime and slow them down, and it never happened. Like you said, Helms, who has had by far his best year at Alabama so far this year, six games in, but he's never really been a coverage guy. No. He's a tackling safety. He's a box safety, like you said. And to have him on an island with Hyatt five different times, <laughs> saw what happened. Was not good. Was not good defense by us. They, I mean, and you have to credit Tennessee some. We're not on this podcast to just say that we completely lost ourselves as a game. No, Tennessee beat us. Tennessee played the game that they needed to play. Tennessee to win. beat us. Heupel, their offensive coordinator, they completely out schemed us. But we didn't even attempt to scheme back at them. No. So there, when we had, like you said, we had Helms. Uh, covering their best, their their deep threat that many times, and it just didn't work out for us. It was just somehow we had, we didn't even double them one no. time. And another thing coverage-wise that shocked me, and I know everyone's like, well, where was our pressure at all game? We had a lack of pressure. 
well, they got the ball off under two or three seconds every snap, and it's because we were playing five to seven yards off ball every every time, and we've never done that as a defense. We're a bump-and-go type defense where we hem them up at the line for a little bit, stick with Like, we have the athletes. We can stick with them, and that would have created pressure because the one time we got pressure on Hendon Hooker, you saw what happened. He threw the pick. Thankfully, it was to Helms to where his night wasn't a complete waste, but – he, the one time we got pressure, we forced a bad throw. And I just I don't understand if it was because we were afraid to get beat with the deep ball since it had happened so much. But if that's the case, at least make him wait to be able to get that far down the field by slowing him down before he gets a full head of steam and just runs past everybody. I just I don't know why we changed our cornerback mindset there at the end for the for this game specifically. I don't know what the deal was there, but it just wasn't what we usually do. Yeah, and I mean I've seen it some this year that we've we've actually had our corners off a little bit more than we normally have and this might be golding scheme or whatever but in the past we've usually been more bump and run at the line of scrimmage try to knock their knock their ass on the ground not let them get off the line yeah and that really does help our pass rush 100 so i mean we can say all we want about the pass rush not getting home yesterday and it didn't no but the dbs playing 10 yards off didn't help that at all no. because the ball got out so fast like you said and they're just it just was abysmal how little adjustments there were on the defensive side of the ball. That's what I'm really most mad about um, after the game is because, I mean, I think everybody with reason knew that Tennessee was going to get theirs. Yeah. I mean, they were going to make plays in the passing game. They're going to make plays in the passing game versus any defense that's ever existed. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that easy, and I didn't think it was going to be that often. Right. was really the disappointing thing for me. Yeah, like like you said, we before the game said, of course, we expect Tennessee to score. You even said you expect them to score the first two drives, which they did. But the them scoring and them scoring at will like that was not something that we expected, and I think a lot of it it's boiling down to adjustments. Um, one good thing though, defensively, I thought Kool-Aid McKinstry looked outstanding. I think he got targeted one time, and he was still right on the guy's hip. He's been undoubtedly our best defensive back this year, and he he looked great again this past game and. Another guy who hadn't really had the career here at Alabama that we expected him to have but has played outstanding so far this year, D.J. Dale. He had a great game again, I thought, too. Yeah, if you want to take the positives on defense, it was definitely Kool-Aid and D.J. Dale. D.J. Dale played a good game, and Kool-Aid, like you said, they didn't really throw at him at all, and that's kind of been a theme so far this year or the last couple of weeks at least is teams are staying away from one yeah. on defense, and um, that's just credit to how hard he works. So. Really good to see that, but even Saban called out the defensive line in the post game. Called, I don't remember the exact quote he said, but he said it was really just a soft performance from them, and it wasn't the performance we needed from them. And I really don't even think he meant that in terms of pass rush. No, it was in terms of in the run game. Because another thing that was really shocking to me is they were running the ball with ease. They, they were they weren't really gashing us with twenty five yard gains. It was just they would drag us three or four more yards after contact, yep. which really let them do whatever they wanted because we had to really respect the run. Exactly. And like you said, Saban, Saban called out a lot this week, and everyone thinks Pete's going to be on the hot seat now. I think Pete's safe. I think this game hopefully is an outlier of him because up until this point he's looked outstanding. Obviously Tennessee's offense is the best he's played so far, but there's a reason that they're the best. Um, uh, we know they didn't target Kool-Aid a lot, so they went to the other side of the field with – Arnold and Helms and I thought Arnold looked bad at points but I thought he also looked good but my thing is 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 Rick's just not the player we expected him to be like I, I feel like Rick should have had an opportunity to play this week yeah I, I we were saying we watched the game together and we were saying where's Eli Ricks yeah 
if Eli Ricks had, if we had any confidence in Eli Ricks, I think he would have been in the game. And we had just talked about this before the episode even started. We talked about this team and the last couple of teams. It really looks like there's been a lack of accountability. Hundred percent. Without with through the entire team, through yep. the staff, through the players, through that everybody, yep. everybody that has anything to do wearing an A on game day has lost some accountability. Yep. I think in these past teams, if that game happens from Terry Arnold. Or even to Marco Helms, they're out. They're out of the game, yeah. and the next guy up is coming into the game. Yeah. So we're not holding the players accountable, and the coaches aren't holding them accountable. And it's the same thing with practice. If Eli Ricks is having really bad practices, we're not holding him accountable to be better. Exactly. And that's something that's really, really got to change. That's something for me that's really alarming with these last few Alabama teams, and and it's just got to really change if we want to get back to where we are winning championships consistently. Yeah, when we talked before this game, we kind of broke it down into five major things. It's a lack of focus, a lack of intensity, a lack of want, a lack of accountability, and honestly, this year, a lack of coaching. I just – it's and that's too many lacks for this team to be as good as they are and what they can be to make it as far as they want to do. Yeah, but, that's – one thing you said, <laughs> lack of want, that is really – that pisses me off yeah. because – it was visible that Tennessee wanted the game 100%. more than us yesterday. Yeah. They outplayed us. They outgritted us. They did everything better than we did. They outcoached us. Uh-huh. And that's it's just, ugh, it was bad. Like It it's, just pisses me off. It's ridiculous, 100%. Um, I think that's all I'm going to talk about defensively. If you have something you, can, if you don't want to get to, we can come back to it later. But I want to move to the offensive side of the ball because a lot of heat's coming on Bill O'Brien. And – you said you thought he had a good coaching. You thought his game, for the most part, was pretty solid. You thought he did go for the most part, and a lot of people did. I, and I rewatched it, like I said, a couple of times afterwards. I don't think it was that good, personally. I think Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs carry him a long way because they're that type of player. And speaking of Bryce Young, my God, this arguably not, – I'm not even going to say arguably. He is the best quarterback Alabama's ever had. The grit he plays with, the toughness he plays with, the mindset he plays with, it's ridiculous. The kid feels no pressure, and he is un- um, unbelievable. Yeah, there's I, there's not enough words you can say about Bryce Young. He's a, he's a tough son of a gun. I mean, he got hit in the jaw 15 times yesterday <laughs> and got right back up. It, there's literally not enough words to say about him. He makes no. almost every single throw. He's, he's so calm under pressure. I mean, the guy's smiling after all these plays go wrong. I mean, that tells you all you have to – say about him and all that stuff. I mean, he's yep. just unbelievable. He's un- we really got to appreciate Bryce Young because we're not going to have him but for a couple two more months. More games, yeah. we're gonna, he's two more months, and he's not ever going to be an Alabama quarterback again. Yep. So we really, really don't need to take him for granted. We really need to appreciate him. So like you said, though, with he kind of hides O'Brien and then Jameer Gibbs being as, as freaky as he is, mm-hmm. hides O'Brien too. And I'm not a Bill O'Brien apologist. No. I, I think he's the worst coordinator we've had under Nick Saban. I think yep. he's absolutely horrible. Agreed. But – you said that you didn't think the game plan from him was that great. I thought it was all right. Like yeah. I said, I mean, there was times where I was like, all right, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Um, we'll get into that in a second. <laughs> but for the most part, I think it was all right. There was a little bit too much horizontal stuff for me. Um, but another thing we talked about before is if he calls this game in 2018 or 2019, are we looking at it with a different point of view? Yeah. When – Devontae Smith and Jerry Judy and Jalen Waller, when they're running the routes, they're open. Story. So we're like, oh, damn, that was a genius play call. Yep. But when we have guys like Treshawn Holden and these guys are just – really, they're not very good. Yeah. And they don't make the play, so we're like, oh, it was a really bad play call. I mean, maybe he's not putting us in, in positions to be successful, but um, he's not the one running the routes. He's not the one not getting any separation. 
So um, that's my take on it with Bill O'Brien. I don't think he's very good at all. Yeah. I think that he's a really bad adjuster as well, but I don't yep. think the game plan yesterday was as bad as some of the past have been. I, you make a very good point there with he's not the one running the routes. He's not the one dropping passes. I agree with that completely, but you also touched on he's not really putting us in a position to get open there because our, right now our only deep threat hadn't touched the field all year. For some reason, Tyler Harrell hadn't been on the field all year. I don't know if he's not a good receiver. I don't know what it is, which we'll get into that later also, but – if, if we're not able to beat teams deep, we need to quit running so many deep routes, run little quick hitters, make plays happen. But anyhow, you mentioned we were going to get into some bad play calling, and I think I know what you're talking about. I think every Alabama fan listening to this knows what you're talking about. I think anyone with common sense knows what you're talking about here. Fourth, first and 10 on our 33-yard line with 47 seconds left. We throw the ball three times. Don't run it once. Jameer Gibbs averaged about five yards a carry yesterday. Tennessee has three timeouts. I, I get Bryce Young's the best player on the field. You want him to have the ball in his hands. Run the ball. I don't care if we run it once, twice, three times. It doesn't matter to me. Run the ball, waste time, and for all we know, Gibbs busts one and scores anyways. I just And I get everyone blames O'Brien for it. I did it first too. But you're telling me Nick Saban doesn't have any say-so on what's getting called there? He's the head coach of the team, and he doesn't have a damn say on what's going on? Like, what? What is that? Yeah, I think that, I mean, Nick Saban is the best college football coach of all time. Yeah. And there's absolutely no reason to even think or even begin to think that Nick Saban is worsening Alabama. No. But every play call is going through his headset. Somehow he is okaying this. And I do, like you said, I do get where he's coming from. Mm -hmm. And we don't think a 50-yard field goal is a layup. And obviously it wasn't. So trying to gain some yards – is a good idea. Yeah, I'm, I believe. I'm gonna cut you off there because I'm no one blame Will Reichert for this loss. Yes, he missed the field goal that would have put us up, but he is not the reason we lost this game. I'm tired of seeing people blame one person for this loss. Reichert wasn't the one getting penalties. He didn't drop passes. He didn't get beat all game. Should he have made the field goal? Do I think he should have? Yes. But do you think anyone listening to this podcast makes the field goal? Hell no. 50 yards is a long way to make, especially with the situation and whatnot. So don't blame Will Riker for this. Should he have made it? Yes. Did he make it? No. Did we still lose the game? Yes. Yeah, and it wasn't Sorry. Will Riker's fault at all. Like, I agree. But back to what I was saying after uh, before you did that, and I mean, you were completely right to do that because there isn't no way to blame Will Riker for this. But I understand trying to gain yards because 50-yard field goal in that environment, it's hard, it's hard to do. Like, that's not a layup. That's not a give me no. at all. And that is probably – I think that might be the first – 50-plus yard field goal I've seen Reichard miss. Mm -hmm. But that's bound to happen. That's a long-ass field goal. It happens. But I get where we're trying to come from by gaining yards, and Price Young's the best player on our offense. But who's the second best player? Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs. So even if we're going to hand him the ball, try to gain yards by running the ball. Mm -hmm. Make them use their timeouts. And who knows? Like you said, he may bust one. He's very very liable to. And, I mean, if we're going to throw it, it, maybe do it on third down. Run it on first and second. See what you can get. Hell, you might get a first down right there. Mm -hmm. And then you make a 50-yard field goal, a 35-yard field goal with less time, Mm -hmm. and they have to use their timeouts. Yeah, if they didn't have all three of those timeouts, they don't call a timeout there at the end of the No, they wouldn't have had. They wouldn't have had two seconds or one second or whatever it was. So I agree that the play calling right there was really abysmal. Mm -hmm. Uh, It didn't make a lick of sense to me. I also thought that we put ourselves in some second and behind Mm -hmm. way too much in that game Mm -hmm. with too much horizontal stuff because – that has not worked all year. The wide receivers cannot block for – they can't block. No. They're not good blockers. No. Latu had a really bad game blocking. He had Which a, was surprising to me. He had a really good game receiving, but yeah. 
damn, he couldn't block anything he yesterday. Could've. He could He he was letting guys run right past him. Our best blocker as a receiver is a true freshman, Kendrick Law, who doesn't really doesn't even play. He doesn't play. <laughs> Maybe he's not ready. I don't know, but he's our best blocker. So none of the guys were running out there consistently. I don't know if they're not willing blockers. I don't know if they're just not good at it. Yeah. But either way, they don't block very well. Yeah. So these plays behind the line of scrimmage, they're just not putting us in position for success is what I was kind of touching on with O'Brien. Yeah, I agree completely. And um, another thing, lack of focus, how he said, results in drops. Treshawn Holden, I get it. You're a kid. You're going to be on Twitter. You're going to be on Instagram. You're going to be on Snapchat, TikTok, whatever, whatever they do nowadays. Don't be on Twitter talking all this shit. If you're going to go out there, drop a – Possibly game-winning touchdown. If he catches that slant early in the game, that's a touchdown. Yeah, you want to talk about two or three plays to decide a game, Dan. That was one. That, that was one. That, that was a very. That's big a big decider in the game right there. You drop a pass like that. And I'm not blaming him for the loss either, because that's one play out of many plays that should have been made or shouldn't have been made that lost us that game. But my thing is, you're you're a five. I don't know, five star, no, four star athlete four star, I think, yeah. that comes to Alabama as a player, and you can't catch the football. Like, don't get me wrong, I dropped multiple passes too when I played. But I'm not an Alabama number one receiver, really, who does that. <laughs> yeah, I think that's just – I'm not a – Trayshawn Holden, I hope he is very successful for Alabama because I want Alabama to win the games. But I think for Alabama to win the games is him not playing. Yeah, He's not very good. Um, Burton, for what it's worth, is not very good. Also, another thing that I want to touch on on this last – on the last drive right there – the third down play to, to Burton. That was a horrible route. You're never supposed to round your route like he did. That's why the throw looks short. Mm-hmm. If he cuts that route like he should, then that's probably a first down, and we're yep. sitting there on the, I don't know, probably the 15-yard line. Yep. But I don't, the best receivers we have, in my opinion, are Ja'Cory Brooks, Kobe Prentice, and Isaiah Bond. Yep. After that, I don't care who plays. No. Those three guys need to be in, and if we want to rotate in Holden and Burton and anybody else, that's fine. Yep. But those three guys need to be the three main guys, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I agree completely. Freshmen or not, those are the best guys we have right now, so they need to get playing time 100%. And it's just there's a lot to look at negative on this game, and there's a few positive sides, but it's the negative outweighs the positive here, which is why we lost. Um, another negative, which I, in the moment, you and I, I think, yelled as loud as we've ever yelled at a football game, uh, the muffed punt. Yeah. I mean, God, yeah. that's it's just ridiculous, and – Going back and rewatching it, I get what the kid's going for. It looks like it hits Kool-Aid, 100%. I agree. But my thing is, and you touch on it too, no one else is going for the football. Yeah. So obviously something, it didn't touch, something didn't happen if no one else is going for it. Even then, you're a linebacker. Fall on it. Even then, why would you try to scoop and score? Yeah, exactly, like you said. And even the fact Kool-Aid was – I mean, you can't see this. We're not – you can't watch the podcast right now. We're audible. But – Kool-Aid is waving everybody off. Yeah. Like, Peter, hey, Peter, get yeah, away. Peter. Get, get out of the way. The ball has not hit me. It's not mm-hmm. hit anybody. And even Tennessee's guys weren't even trying to dive on the ball. So I really don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was thinking. I'm sure he feels really, really bad oh, yeah. about it. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I hope I, – I still like him as a player. Yeah. He's a backup outside linebacker. We have a really deep room right now, but he's probably the fourth guy. Mm-hmm. So he's a good he's player. He's a good ball player. Yeah, he's a good player. Horrible mistake. Yeah. And that just goes back to a lack of uh, accountability, a lack of focus, a lack of discipline on this football team that has really, really scared a lot of Alabama fans, including myself. Yeah. Speaking of lack of discipline, 17 penalties. And we're going to touch on this. This will probably be a long little segment here, the lack of penalties or the lack of discipline for the penalties wise. 17 shouldn't happen whether the refs are bad or not. Like, Mm -hmm. that's that's ridiculous. Going back and watching it, though, 17 penalties is 
uncalled for. There are multiple penalties that shouldn't have been called, and I think the biggest one is the pass interference in the end zone on Malachi Moore, where I think it was great coverage. He turned around, found the ball, hit it out of the guy's hands from underneath, right in the Kool-Aid's hands, takes the ball 80 yards, and then, wait a minute, there's a flag on the play? And the thing that I just I, I don't get, I'm not an official, I don't know all the rules and whatnot, the official says there is no blindside, there is no foul for blindside block on the flag, but there is pass interference. Why even bring up the blindside or the block in the back, blindside block, whatever it is on that play? If that's what not what the flag was thrown for. Yeah. I, I, I we've talked about it, and yeah, Alabama gets a lot of calls. Don't get me wrong. You can attest to this. I'm a very Bama heavy fan, but I'm unbiased when it comes to the sport itself. And I'll be like, well, no, we got away with that. That's pass interference or. That's a holding flag on us. Like we, that should be a penalty. Yeah, that's a penalty, and I'm unbiased in that aspect. But there was multiple occasions on this game where we got flagged and it shouldn't have been happened, or they didn't get flagged and it should have happened. And we talked about it. There should be an investigation, and if there is, they're going to find something out. Yeah, like you said. I mean, the one that really, really just grinds me and it just really gets to me is the pass interference in the end zone that where Kool Aid picked the ball off. The fact that they didn't throw. The flag right immediately. Yes. Kool Aid was damn seventy yards downfield, and yeah. they dropped the flag. I didn't. I still haven't seen them throw it. No, they just said it was there. Yeah, well, that's, I, I'm, I swear they threw it on the quote unquote block in the back that happened, and then they're like, "Well, the block in the back didn't really happen, so we got to call something to help Tennessee out here." So that's where they called the PI. Yeah, and I mean it was great coverage by Malachi, like you said, which is really not something that happens very often. He had a bad game yesterday. Mm-hmm. He had a bad season last year. He had a bad season this year. It's, an outlier from his freshman year. I hope he, I hope he can figure it out because yeah. I want him to be a good player, but right now he's not. Yeah. Which we want to tell the God's honest truth, he's not a good player right now. Yeah. And for him to make a really good play right there, and it really would have sealed the game. Yeah, hundred percent. That the game was seven. over. The game yeah. was over, and we would probably would have either scored again or had somehow were able to run the run clock out. Clock. Yeah. And the fact that they threw that flag that late was really sickening. Kind of decided the game. Uh, you want to go past that? J.C. Latham got called for a holding where he, he where it didn't end up mattering because we scored a touchdown, but it was a touchdown to Jameer Gibbs. This part we got called back on a hold yep. where he literally just pancaked the guy. Uh-huh. Isaiah Bond got WWE taken to the, the ground, yeah. and they didn't throw a pass interference. And that's not even the biggest ones. Bryce Young should have had a targeting call, yeah, that's a rough multiple rough in the passer calls, and if not a targeting on that one, a late hit. And the thing that pisses me off. Even the announcers, Gary, yeah. Vern, whoever, the, the dumbest people you can think of, they knew it. Yeah. They knew it was a penalty. Gene Steratore said, hey, that's the definition of targeting. Gary Danielson, who was <laughs> on his knees for Tennessee the yeah. entire game, oh, yeah. he had him. They, he, had, he was yeah, – I'm not even going to say it. I'm not going to yeah, say it. I know. But I know. <laughs> he was loving him some Tennessee volunteers uh-huh. yesterday. The fact that he even said, all right, that's targeting. Yeah. I mean, they didn't call it. They said it was literally. There's plenty of Alabama haters on social media, mm-hmm. and they were all like, "Yeah, that's that's targeting." Yeah. Well, the thing they said that is the reason they didn't call it is because his shoulder pad hit Bryce. Okay. Well, what hit before the shoulder pad? His helmet. He was running straight up. His face mask turned down towards the ground. Hit Bryce in the face with his helmet. After two steps after yeah, the ball exactly. had already been thrown. So if it's not a targeting, it's, it's a rough hit. It's roughing. Roughing the passer. And but not even that one. Earlier in the game, two on two occasions, Bryce got hit in the face by a hand that was trying to swat the ball. Yeah. Where's Where's the penalty there? Yeah, I agree. I, it does. I don't get it. That doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-mm. And then another thing we saw during the game live 
is we got we had probably seven or eight false starts in the yeah. game, but three or four of them should have been delay of game on the defense when yeah. the linebacker runs up to the line of scrimmage and <laughs> claps. You can't do that. Yeah, like that's, we got called for it five times last year. Yeah, the the, the thing I went back and we watched it. I counted. We had six. I'm pretty sure six false start penalties. Three of them, half of them, fifty percent of these penalties were because the linebacker clapped. Yeah, and that got called like you said on Henry Toa Toa multiple times last year. And unless that rules changed, that should still be called. And another one, there was a play where we called the timeout in the red zone on the two yard line. They had twelve guys on the field. Even if we call that timeout, that's still too many men on the field. The refs should call that. So I don't know how that got missed either, but there, there's another situation where the referees kind of screwed us. And we got one last thing on the referees that I can really touch on or remember. Um, and this wasn't a penalty, so it might get forgotten some. But they blew the play dead on a clear fumble, oh a clear fumble and recovery by us. They blew dead faster than any play I've ever seen blown dead in my entire life. Yeah, the entirety of the game up to that point when Tennessee had the ball, their running back would get stopped. And then two seconds later, three seconds later, their offensive lineman would come push him forward another three yards, play didn't get blown dead. When we had the ball, we would get stopped and drove back seven or eight yards because lack of intensity from our offensive line, they stand around and watch, and the rest wouldn't blow it dead. The one play where we're in the middle of stripping the ball and the ball comes out, they blow it dead. Why? How? Yeah, that really pisses me off more than anything that they threw a flag for Mm -hmm. is – the fact that they took away a clear – it was a clear recovery too. Yep. And the ball was clearly out. Yeah. And they they didn't have to – they they oh, it just pisses me off. Yeah, final, that, final note. I'm sorry. I'm cutting you off here. But we, we won't really stay on this one too long either. The, the play where they were trying to give Tennessee five downs. Yeah, they reviewed – they were trying to give them five downs. <laughs> it took them ten minutes to overturn that. Like, yeah. how, how is it that difficult? Just count. Just count the plays. And like you said, it was just – if they tried – if they really investigated – and tried to find something, they would, I really think. And I'm not one to just complain about referees and, and say they lost us the game because they didn't. Yeah. They, we lost the game because of what we did to Tennessee ourselves. They, we couldn't cover them. Um, we, t- we, when we had to move the ball, we couldn't. Yep. Um, so they, they outplayed us. They deserved to win the game. Mm-hmm. Referees did not win the game for them, but they sure did not help us. They did not. And, um, uh, I, I just completely. I've been going on. I just completely uh, forgot. Oh, there it is um, in my head. But uh, <laughs> the uh, the fact that they didn't get called for any holding all game long, and we did five times, is the really is the thing that really pisses me off. If they're going to call no holding on us and no holding on them, that's completely fine. Yeah. If they're going to call holding on us and holding on them, okay, that's fine too. But. Byron Young and Will Anderson, and Dallas Everyone. Turner, they got held a ton. I remember Byron Young three or four times really got held. And then mm-hmm. I saw something today. Will Anderson's never been, been held, held in his career. Yeah. That's kind of really hard to believe. So. Yeah, there, there's no way. That's, I, that's all I got on the referees. Yeah, I, I think we kind of got everything off our chest that we want to. Is there anything else you want to not off touch the, on? Not off the top of my head right now. Okay, well, that's really all we got off the top of our heads. We, we'll jump into a few questions that we got. Um First one was thoughts on pass rush or lack thereof after this performance. Pass rush I still think is really good. We talked about it earlier in the game. Um, when the ball gets out in one and a half, two seconds, it's really, really hard to um, have any type of pass rush. Um, maybe if the corners were playing a little bit more press and jamming them with a the line of scrimmage, that would have helped yeah. us out a little bit more. Yeah, 100%. we got to help the pass rush out. This is undoubtedly the most electric pass rush we've had in years, and 
2016 is the one we compare it to, and you know why they had so many sacks and pressures. Not only were they really good, but our corners would give them our coverage would give them time to get to the quarterback, and it's just it's just not how we're doing it. Yeah, this there's year. no sacks without time, and there's no there's hardly interceptions without pressure. Yep, it, it goes hand in hand. Um, another one on a more positive note. How do you feel about the progression of uh, Bond and Kobe? Yeah, I'm really excited uh, for both of those guys right now. I think that. They're frankly our two best receivers. I know yep. we didn't throw to Bond, but two or three times in the game. But Kobe Prentice had nine catches mm-hmm. in his uh, really, I guess, second or third really big game. Yeah. Um, but I'm really excited for those two guys. I think they need to be on the field more, more often yeah. than the older guys. Yeah, next year with those two guys and probably Aaron Anderson, that's going to be yeah. a really interesting receiving room we have there. Um, another one, this, that's a good question actually. Is there any way to protect cornerbacks? From a PI call under thrown balls, um, seems like it's an auto PI and yeah, we got to stop is. rewarding quarterbacks <laughs> for under thrown balls. Yeah, like if that's the case, then where's the uh, pass interference on Bond? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand it. I think we got to stop rewarding corners for that. It's it's impossible, or stop rewarding quarterbacks for that. And, yeah. and punishing corners because it's almost impossible to defend. You're going to get a, a pass interference. Yeah, just about every single time if you're wearing crimson or white. That's true. If you have an A on your helmet, it's, it's not yeah, going to matter. If you're wearing the orange yesterday, do whatever the hell you want. <laughs> yeah, you, as you say, you can WWE tackle a guy. But um, I think to actually answer the question, the only way you can really protect yourself from that is get your head on the ball. Turn around yeah. and find the ball sooner. But like you said, if you're going to reward them for that, then we need to start calling PIs on receivers who push off. Like we got yeah. to start helping the defense out some there too. But, yeah, they're – with how Alabama plays coverage, there's really no way to protect them in that situation. Um, another one here, and we talked on this one too. Does Tyler Harrell exist? <laughs> um, <laughs> we could really use a deep threat and to score fast. And uh, I, I, we talked about it. I don't know if he's maybe a, just a good receiver or yeah. whatnot, but so realistically, Jamison Williams wasn't a very good receiver either. Like you said, his route running really wasn't that good. His hands were very iffy at times, but. At least there's that threat of, oh, my gosh, this guy can cook me deep. And this guy's a D1 receiver. He can catch the ball. It's yeah. not like he just drops everything that touches his hands. Like, like you said, or we talked about it earlier um, when we were looking at the questions, and we kind of compared the, the situation to Jamo a little bit. Um, and we're not saying that Jamo wasn't good at all. Like, right. He's a good receiver. Obviously, he was a top 15 pick in the draft. Like, he's yeah. really, really good. But there were things that he didn't do well. Like, sometimes he really wasn't a crisp route runner. Yep. His hands are a little bit iffy, but what was he good at? Taking the top off the Taking defense and burning. Off. He was a really good deep threat, and we really used that well, and we really missed that right now. So maybe Tyler Harrell can be that guy, but, I mean, hell, man, maybe he's just not good. I mean, yeah. in four years at Louisville, he caught 20 balls. Yeah. So he may not be very good. I mean, I think he is good. I think he's going to be a big contributor for us if he ever gets healthy. I don't know. Maybe his injury was way worse than Never what was gone. told. Yeah. I don't know, but he was dressed out and ready to go yesterday. Didn't get in the game. Um I don't know if there's really anything else we can say besides he didn't play when we kind of need we need him to play. Yeah, hopefully he'll get some playing time soon, and we can we can answer that question then. Maybe maybe he's just not that good. Um, another one here. Think we see Tennessee or Georgia in the championship game this year? Granted, we went out. I think we see Georgia, honestly. Um, I think that um, Tennessee. I'm not saying they shot their wad versus us at all, but I just got some. So a gut feeling that we'll see Georgia again in Atlanta, granted, if we went out. Yeah. Um, we talked about it earlier. Georgia and Tennessee, that could be a game that's sort of like this one where it's really close, but 
it could also be a game where Georgia just absolutely blows them out of the water. Um, Georgia's a more disciplined team yes, than we are right now. So sure. take away take away eight penalties from us last night. We beat the hell out of Tennessee. Game wasn't even close. It also helps. We were playing in Knoxville. Realistically, we playing in yeah. Realistically, we probably should have won that game yesterday somewhere around like fifty-two to thirty-one. Yeah. But we didn't. No. So we got to move on. Yeah. Game's over. We lost the game. Move on. Yep. No, I agree with you though. I think we'll see Georgia. Um, why is this Alabama team so undisciplined week in and week out? And why do we allow Bill O'Brien to call three straight pass, pass plays at the end of the game? I think we that goes back to what we touched on earlier. is just a lack of accountability from the coaching staff. Yep. We're not holding the guys accountable like we used to. Um, they're really just able to do – I'm not going to say they're able to do whatever they want because that's not true at all. Yeah. We definitely hold them to some sort of accountability. It's just not – it doesn't seem like it's on the same level as it used to be, and it's really causing a lack of discipline and more penalties. And yeah. with the Bill O'Brien thing, I just – we touched on it earlier. I get the logic of wanting to get more yards, but I believe we should have just ran the ball to get those yards. Yeah, I think you pretty much covered it. I think, like you said, a lack of accountability. We're not holding these guys accountable. They're young kids. If you let them do what they want to do freely, stuff will happen like that. And I think in the past, our coaches' staff has held our players more accountable, which is why we've been so much better disciplined. And like you said, the Bill O'Brien, we're not we're not um, coaches at college level. We've never been coaches in the NFL level, and. Obviously, they're better, smarter than we are when it comes to this type of stuff. And maybe they saw something that they liked, and maybe maybe the run game wasn't going to work good there. All right, one thing I will say on that is I, I'm pretty sure this was on the last drive. I can't remember if it was or not. We had a, a shot to Isaiah Bond last drive. on on that last drive that it probably would have been a touchdown if he ran the wrong if he ran the right route. He kept going up the field. If he could ran more to the boundary on a corner, it probably yep. would have been a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs catches the ball. Yep. It's probably a. It, I don't know what was in front of him, but Nothing. I'm taking Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, his chances to make somebody miss. Yeah. So we can say all we want about that. I get where we're trying to gain more yards, and I would rather us run the ball as well. But there was two plays that would or should have been big time gains. Yeah, hundred percent there. Um, just a few more questions here. Um, how many times did you say Bryce is so good? Uh, a million. Yeah. He's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's nothing really else to say. He's un- unbelievable. He's yeah. out of this world. Um, another one regarding Bryce, and I think it might be regarding more of this last last drive situation here. When should Nick start letting Bryce get the first rather than rely on Reichard? I think, well, we kind of did, though. I think yeah. we, we put the ball in his hands to make uh, three, three, plays, three plays in a row. Yeah. And all three were incomplete passes when – I think all three probably should have been called if Burton runs a good route. Yeah. Um, and that situation is fourth and ten. You can't go for that there. No, you can't. I mean, Riker's usually pretty – Riker's the best kicker we've had in yep. a long time. And like I said, I think that's probably the first time I can remember him missing from 50-plus. Mm-hmm. I know he's kind of been in a rut lately mm-hmm. um, with missing some kicks versus A&M and, and obviously that really big one right there. So maybe he's a lack of confidence thing right now. I don't know. Um, he needs to get that back, though. Yeah. That's, that's really important. Yeah. I'll tell you what, if we had a do-over, fourth and ten right there, I'm putting Riker up. Yeah, there. I'm kicking it yeah. again. Yeah. Now our final question here. I know play calling on Bill O'Brien's part was an absolute dumpster fire, but let's talk about Pete Golding a little. Our secondary had no answers, especially for 11, and to be honest, we looked lost. And I think the biggest answer for that is adjustments like we talked on earlier. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like we've talked about earlier is Pete, Pete's not the one out there getting beat on the double move. Nope. That was DeMarco Helms. Yeah. He got beat on the double move. A lot. He's not the one getting beat off the line of scrimmage or getting run by. That's, that was yeah. Terry Arnold. Yeah. He's not the one 
biting on slants. That, that's Malachi Moore. Yeah. Like, they're the ones that are making these plays bad. Yeah. Should Helms have been matched up that many times one-on-one? No. no. Yep. That's where the failure on Golding's part was. But Golding's the one not getting cooked. Exactly. So, if the coverage is good on those, we're saying, damn, Pete, masterclass once again. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah. I think that's where the conversation really needs to go more in the direction of if you're going to talk about Pete in that game. Yeah, I, obviously all of all the blame gets put on the coaches and whatnot, but like you said, they're not the ones out there on the field making or not making plays. Do I think adjustments should have been made? Do I think different players should have been put in different positions 100%? But in the end, you put your best guys out there and your best guys have to make plays, yeah, and, I mean, and we didn't. Have we been outcoached a little yeah. more this year than we should have been? Yeah, no doubt about it. We've been outcoached. We got outcoached yesterday versus Tennessee, outcoached at Texas – Frankly, kind of outcoached versus Texas a and I mean, for me, I'm kind of throwing that game out of the window just because we played with the backup quarterback in that game. Right. Bryce plays in that game. We probably win by 30 points. Running out of stadium. Yeah, so we can kind of throw that out to the side a little bit. But even still, Texas outcoached us, and um, so did Tennessee. Yep. And that's something that's really, really got to get better. Um, we're just not putting our guys in position to be successful as much as we should. Yep. Well, that's all I got question-wise, and only thing I could think of to get off my head. And last thing I'll touch on before I hit you with the roll tie here at the end is their 24-hour rule in football. You know, you, you think on things for 24 hours after they happen, and after that it's time to move on to the next game. So it's time to move on to Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean, last thing I'll say is we've won six national championships with Nick Saban as head coach. Only twice have we gone undefeated. Yep. Four of these times we've lost a game. 2011 LSU. You can make the argument they're better than this Tennessee team. Yeah. The other three with Texas A&M, uh, Johnny Manziel, your Ole Miss, and Auburn. This Tennessee team is a lot better uh-huh. than um, those three teams. So the season's not over. We're not all trying to be doom and gloom here. No. I I still think I went on the record and said we'll win the national championship. I still believe that. Yeah, we still we control our destiny. Yeah. Still. Well, I mean, but we'll see what we're made of Saturday versus Mississippi State uh-huh. um, when. We come off of a loss, and we'll, we'll see how we respond. Hopefully we have a good week of practice um, and get back to it and then play a good game. But yeah. this the season's not over, so it doesn't need to feel like the season's over. We have, Everything we want is still ahead of us. Yep. We control our own destiny. Um, we'll get back later this week with the Mississippi State preview. We just figured this would be kind of a long one, talking about Tennessee and going over some stuff. But uh, So we'll be back with Mississippi State later this week, like I said. But until then, um, sun's, the sun – Came up today. Came up today. The sun came up today, so world's not crashing. <laughs> uh, but until next time, roll tide. Roll tide.